Welcome to The Yaley, the YDN podcast covering the biggest news stories of each week. I'm your host, Carter DeWeese. Today, we have the chance to sit down with all four of Yale's Rhodes Scholars. Mary Orsak studies Czech and Russian. Liam Elkin founded the nonprofit Invisible Hands. Kate Pundik is the former SciTech editor of the Yale Daily News researching human rights. And Shriya Singh researches Hindu nationalism. They were all awarded the Rhodes Scholarship on November 20th, and this is actually the first time they've all been together as a group. Guys, congratulations and welcome to the Yaley. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Hello. So first question is for Kate. What does your work in human rights mean to you? I think I'm a very indecisive person. And so there's a lot of different human rights and different ways to be mad about things and to seek change to make lives better for people. And so I think being broadly in that category and driven by values means I don't have to make up my mind about what I want to do specifically. And so that has allowed me to learn from a lot of different people in a lot of different fields, but still being driven by core values. Liam, what does Invisible Hands mean to you? To me, Invisible Hands is both a reminder of the power of community organizing and in many ways is a scathing indictment of government inefficiency. When the pandemic hit in March of 2020, a few friends and I got together to build a volunteer group to bring food and medicine to people who were stuck at home as a result of the pandemic. And pretty quickly, we started getting traction. We started getting volunteers. We were able to deliver to people in need. At the same time, we had elected officials telling people to call us. If you called the New York City hotline for the first month and a half or so of the pandemic and said, I need food, their first response was, hang up and call Invisible Hands. And Invisible Hands at the time was my personal phone number, (laughs) which I put on a flyer and put up everywhere. And then Blake Lively put it on her Instagram story. And then it was on L.com. And then Bernie Sanders emailed out my personal phone number to his entire email list and says, call this number if you need free food. So needless to say, my phone began you know, getting inundated with requests from people. And many of them we were able to help. Many of them we weren't because we just weren't able to scale to the size of the crisis to meet that scale. So while I was passionate about the work and continue to be passionate about the work that we're doing now with regards to food insecurity, partnering with food pantries and mutual aid groups and religious institutions, bringing food to those who need it most, I'm also mindful of the fact that this kind of work is and always will be insufficient. We need a stronger social safety net, and we need government to be more responsive to the people it's supposed to serve. And so that drive was actually what led me to applying for the Rhodes Scholarship, wanting to learn how we can make democracies more accountable to the people. And that kind of work is long, and it's hard, and it is part of a a long history. And I'm mindful of the fact that all of us here going to Oxford, we stand on the shoulders of giants. And yet we haven't reached that mountaintop. And so the work I do with Invisible Hands reminds me of how much we can do when we come together, but also of the importance of coming together through structures like government to to scale those efforts and make them broadly accessible to everyone. Mary, can you tell us more about your drive to teach Russian and Czech? Sure. So my interest in Czech began with my grandfather, who is a second generation immigrant living in Texas in a Czech community. And he was really proud of his Czech heritage. And it was something that he held on to the end of his life. He loved kolaches, which are Czech pastries, and the Czech stop, which is located halfway between Austin and Dallas. When my grandfather passed away, when I was 12 or 13, I desperately wanted to be close with him, but I couldn't figure out how I should do that. When I found out that my grandfather paid for half of my college education, I wanted to honor him in some way. And it seemed like learning Czech would be the perfect way to honor him because I would be able to continue the thing that he loved most, which was his passion for his Czech culture, especially since it had been lost with my father's generation. And so I got to Yale and I was convinced I should take Russian first because Russian's harder. And so I'd learn the alphabet and then I could do Czech. 
throughout that whole process, I fell in love with both cultures and languages. And I I want to be able to share this not only because it's something I love and it's it's a pleasure to do something you love, but because I want to continue to honor my grandfather and to show other people how wonderful these regional languages are that are largely overlooked and largely forgotten if you're not thinking about Putin or Russia on a global stage. But that these are rich, diverse cultures that are worthy of study. And I, and I hope to bring that passion both to Oxford and then when I come back and hopefully teach it. Shreya, what does it mean to you to study Hindu nationalism? Studying Hindu nationalism is both a deeply personal and political pursuit for me. It sort of crystallized when I went back to India a few years ago, right when the Citizenship Amendment Act was released. It was an act by the Modi government that limited citizenship rights for Muslims in India. And it was one instance in a trend that we've seen happen in rising authoritarian and fascist regimes across the globe. And it's really important to me to use studying Hindu nationalism, both at Yale and hopefully continuing that pursuit at Oxford, to raise awareness about what's happening in India, the way that democracy is being broken down over time, and the way that in a lot of senses, it's just not being discussed outside of the region. I think using this opportunity to study Hindu nationalism is a way to not only amplify the voices of those who are directly affected in India, but also to combat the government censorship of this kind of academic research that's happening in the status quo. It's also very personal because as someone who's born in India and has family who still lives there and is directly impacted by these policies, it feels really important to use my privilege my perspective and my opportunity as an immigrant in the United States, freedom of academic access and speech to talk about issues that directly impact my family and my loved ones. Thank all of y'all for sharing, sharing your story, sharing what's important to you and how you got here. Um, now a question for all of you. Where, where were you when you found out? And what does the Rhodes Scholarship mean to you? I found out at 2.30 in the morning, so I was asleep. Um, they told us they were going to tell us in, on Saturday evening. And so I started watching one movie, and then I watched another, and then I watched another, and finally gave up at 1.30 in the morning and uh, turned my phone on full blast and then uh, went to sleep and was woken up and very groggily got the good news. And I think it took me like five minutes to actually fully wake up and realize that I wasn't dreaming and hadn't just made it up. I was sitting in my apartment in New York, and... Uh, my mom has this philosophy that when you're getting important news, whether it's good news or bad news or whatever, just write down the facts. Just get the facts down on paper. Don't react to them. Just get all the information down. And so I had a piece of paper in front of me, and we came back all into the Zoom room. It was all the finalists, all of whom are just absolutely amazing, by the way. And they read a very long poem um, about the importance of service. And so we're all sitting there enjoying the poem, but also feeling like, okay, let's get on to it now. Uh, and they said, and the two winners are Dave Bosnett and Liam Elkin, and so I just wrote down those names. They immediately launch into, I'm sure you guys have this experience too, you know, now you have to apply to Oxford, here's all the 18 things you have to remember now, and so just writing all of that down, logged off, took a breath, looked down at the paper and saw my name, and was like, that is my name. And then, of course, then, <laughs> then the flood of emotions came, and then I called my parents and my girlfriend, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just wild experience, and, and to, in a weird way, feeling like, you know, I was in my brother's bedroom and feeling like this was such a... Um, this was a place in which I had grown up and feeling like you know, this this room in which I spent a lot of my childhood uh, now getting to feel like I'm coming into my own as a as an adult was really exciting and gave way to a lot of introspection as well. 
I was in a hotel in in New York City. I tried to escape the the Harvard Yale madness on campus, and it was a very surreal moment because I just you know was sitting at this desk and found out over Zoom and immediately logged off, and then had this moment where I was like, "Am I dreaming? Am I being pranked?" and called my parents, and I was crying, and they were crying, and it's it's a moment I'll never forget, and it's a little strange that the scene is this random hotel room that I'll never go back to. I was in the Pearson basement trying to avoid all the noise of Harvard Yale, and yeah, it was not the most uplifting room in the world, but it was really nice because all my friends were upstairs and were able to come come meet me immediately. Those are some amazing stories. What are y'all most looking forward to about studying at Oxford and moving to England? I'm really excited to just be in these incredibly old buildings. The fact that I can just sit and read in, in a place that's over a thousand years old is is quite amazing. And and so many of the novels that I grew up reading, whether they were Harry Potter or the His Dark Material series by Pil- Philip Pullman, one of my favorites, are, are series set in Oxford in so many ways. I've dreamed about these settings from a very young age and actually being there is going to be a pretty surreal experience. I think it will be cool also to to just meet everyone and hear um, what all the other uh, folks who won the scholarship are up to. Um, I've never met Shreya, Liam, or Mary before today and so it's cool to be starting to get to know them and that's just a small fraction of the population so uh, I'm really looking forward to new friends and new stories and new adventures. I'm really excited to meet everybody. One kind of weird thing is I've always been a big Shakespeare fan and I like went to Shakespeare camp as a kid. And so uh, I'm really excited at the chance to be just a couple hours away from Stratford and pretty close to London and to get to enjoy that theater, you know, be near the birthplace of Shakespeare and, and get to enjoy it as it was, uh, is, is a really cool experience that, you know, a 10 year old Liam would be jumping for joy at this opportunity. But even more than that, right, obviously just the chance to learn from and with other Rhodes Scholars and other Oxford students and to be able to continue my education without having to worry about the cost of it uh, is obviously just a huge, huge gift and such a, a weight off my shoulders and that I can just pursue for two years studying what I'm interested in and uh, feeling the freedom and the power of that. I'm definitely excited to meet all the new people, which is going to be amazing. But the coolest thing for me is that the other Rhodes Scholar from Texas was one of my best friends in high school. And so I'm just so excited that we're going to like embark on this crazy journey together, but also have this like memory of home. So when we feel a little homesick and it's a little rainy and it's not warm like Texas, we'll have each other to be able to like reminisce about like the Tex-Mex that we're missing. Thank you all so much for coming in today. Y'all are inspiring and great role models for Yale students. Congrats again. For more information about these four extremely qualified Yaleys, check out the article about them in the university section of the Yale Daily News by Jordan Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to episode six of the Yaley. My name is Carter DeWeese, and make sure to tune in to the next episode of the Yaley. <laughs>